Hey everyone, welcome into episode 6 of the Corporate Global Dynasty Podcast. On today's show, we will be recapping week 4 of the NFL, talking about some trades, our matchups here in the league, some playoff predictions, our awards, and the AFC South as always. I'm your host, Joe Mixon. And I'm your host, Joe Mixon. I think I have to. I think I'm. I think I'm forced to after the week he put up and all of my um, poo-pooing him for a while. So he really, he really showed out this week. Yeah, I had to start the show off there with a, a little jab. Of course, Joe Mixon decides to go off uh, just after. I was that just last week when I stood up for him on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So that was hilarious. Thank you, Mr. Mixon, for uh, playing with me on that. I appreciate you uh, luring in Spicer for the trap there. Uh, congrats, Colton, on that. I did, I, in classic Hunter fashion, I did try to send some Joe Mixon trade offers to Colton literally Sunday morning, right, leading up to kickoff, hoping that maybe you know he'd been frustrated. I didn't think you know Mixon was going to do that by any means, but uh, tried to send him some some good receivers and a, and a pick, but I didn't offer enough, and here we are, Joe Mixon. Boom. Oh, Spicer, uh, we have just some small trades here to go over before we get into our recaps. We'll start with the, I guess, the biggest one, the most controversial one that I uh, got yelled at for. But uh, I sent Dwayne Haskins, starting young, nice-looking running, I mean, uh, quarterback for the Washington football team, and Demir Bird. You know, just to throw in that guy for the Patriots, and got back uh, Denzel Mims and Rob Griffith's second round pick. What are your thoughts on this trade? Oh, you know, let it's fine. It's whatever. Uh, all like this trade is. I don't think is really what matters as much to me. It's all about Jonathan Taylor, baby. We that's that is the the sacred cow. Yeah, like I don't think I don't think it was much this trade as it was like the the in conjunction with Jonathan Taylor. It all centers around Jonathan Taylor in terms of that situation in right. my head. Fair enough. We only time will tell on that. Um, yeah. He hasn't been putting up the numbers that I thought he would so far, but clearly that can very quickly turn around since he has the whole season without Marlon Mack, but. We'll see, you know, maybe those two picks I sent Rob way back when for him will turn into amazing rookies. We don't know. But yeah, I thought this trade, I know that some people didn't like it. I I really did think of it as, you know, Mims was a third round pick for Rob and he hasn't even played yet. He's been hurt and the Jets are terrible. Um, So I thought on paper, a second and a third for a starting quarterback isn't crazy. I know that Rob's uh, second will be high and people are upset and think Haskins will be benched, but we'll see what happens. He he played decently this week, um, at least enough to keep a starting job and everything and put up decent fantasy numbers. So we'll move on from there. Like I said, most of these trades are pretty boring. KD got Miles Gaskin for Adrian Peterson in a second round pick. Now, I do have strong thoughts on this one. What about you? Oh, let's see. Um... This was with Colton. Yeah. Let's see. You know, I think that... I mean, I think that Katie wins in this one. Like, she has a 23-year-old 
like productive running back. And I don't think her second round pick is going to be super great, so um and you have Tua Tungavailoa who's going to end up being part of that offense probably sooner rather than later in Miami and then Adrian Peterson is what 110 years old. He is. Um Yes, indeed. Yeah. Like I would be Katie uh, like want to be Katie every time here. But See that's me. This is one where I understand the move for sure, but with Katie's team, so clearly she had some running back like scares and issues. You know, just she had Kenyon Drake, who we've been bashing on this whole season, yeah, who has true. been underperforming and continued to do so this week. He got three points, so uh, yeah, he did get like injured, and I think he's fine. But yeah, watch out on him. And then Mark Ingram's been kind of caught up in that trio of backfield in Baltimore, so. But my thing with this is Katie's team is built to win now. And so you kind of want to either spend your picks to get a even like better starting lineup or, or guarantee that you're going to, you know, do something to improve your chances at winning or keep them because your team's getting old and try to go ahead and slot in somebody younger there. And I just don't know if Miles Gaskin is that sure thing that's worthy of that second round pick. Only when you consider that, honestly, Adrian Peterson and Miles Gaskin might end up with the, about the same production for this season. Um, so I think you know Katie's kind of taking a risk here to see is Miles Gaskin like a lasting productive running back in this league. I don't know. Maybe he will be. Um, I haven't been that impressed with him, but I, I just feel like we haven't really seen what this Miami offense future will look like yet with Tua in there. And you're right, that could t- completely turn it around, or they may draft another running back next year, for all we know. So, a uh, risky move, but we'll see if it pays off. Next up, we have another Katie trade. Uh, I already hate this trade. I usually feel like I hate my trades with Katie, especially. I don't know what she does to me, but I gave her Mike Davis for her third-round pick. What did you think about that? Uh, Probably fair, like... Because here's the thing, like Mike Davis, especially with Derrick Henry being out, like McCaffrey. Katie was. Oh, oh, you mean for her team? No, for for her team specifically. So like, it it's a little bit dire, but also like, he has been very good in starting, and he gets he's gonna get like four to six weeks of starts, so probably worth it. But the the hard thing is, there's no way that it's like Christian McCaffrey is not gonna lose touches when he's back. To Mike Davis, you know, so he really is just like until McCaffrey's back, he's great, but he will be nothing after that, most likely. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with that. I think I'm more sad that I did it because I could have continued to use Mike Davis in the flex since I have a couple injuries at wide receiver and, and things like that. I was forced to start bleh, Brandon Cooks, bleh, zero points, terrible. Um, but you're right. It's a temporary thing. And on paper, it's just a pretty, a pretty fair trade. This is a trade that makes sense. If you're trying to win now a third round pick late third for a guy that's going to potentially help you, you know, secure your playoff spot. I think this is a great trade for Katie and I'm a little sad. I, I sold on Mike Davis, but whatever, maybe that third round pick will, will be great for me. And then lastly, this this one was funny because these two people played each other and this played a role in their their matchup. Um, Aaron Park, I, I need to say the team names, not their real people names. The popular ballers 
get Brian Hill and the Pitt Kings fourth round pick for Rex Burkhead and Nick Mullins, who the Pitt Kings then started, did terrible and lost to the popular ballers. Tough. Tough. You like to see it when you go out against your old team. You really want to show that GM that they made the wrong move, but Mullins can't do that this week for Colton and the Pit Kings. Just an embarrassment. Just just, just popular ballers over there in their throne laughing, looking down on struggling Nick Mullins flounder. Yeah, you got to think with a move like this that you know the other team knew something about this guy that you didn't, and... It looks like they were right. Maybe Nick Mullins didn't have enough time to learn the Pit Kings offense or something. We'll never find out for sure. But I did see a tweet from uh, CG Adam Schefter that the popular ballers knew that Mullins did not have what it what it took. So great trade there for the popular ballers. Just doesn't have it in his guts, you know. Just it's just he he wasn't he's not one of those born leaders. You know what I mean? There's some people you walk in a room and they're just they're. They just, everyone looks at them and they, they're just it. That's not Nick Mullins. It's not. It's, if you get benched for C.J. Bethard, Bethard, I'm sorry, but what are you doing? That's not great. Oof, did, not good. Did he, was he one of the guys that had a stint with uh, the Titans, or am I thinking of Charlie Whitehurst? They all kind of run together, all those backups. Charlie Whitehurst did, you know. I'm pretty sure Fitzpatrick had his moment over there. Uh I love those career backup guys. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, Nick Mullins, that's probably what you are, so sorry. All right, (laughs) let's move on to our real NFL Week 4 recap here. Uh, Just going to go over some headlines. Spicer, see if you had any any things stuck out to you about the week. My biggest takeaway from this week was that the Cowboys are really, really bad. Interesting. Yeah, so keep going with that. I want to hear more. So... Um, I really, really wish I had not heard somebody else say this on another prominent podcast because I thought the exact same thing, so I'm still going to say it, but it really seems like the Cowboys built their team as if they thought, like Jerry Jones thought he was playing fantasy football, and he was like, let me get all the best offensive players. Like, we don't have defense in this league. I don't, uh, why would I need that? Let me just draft CD Lamb really high. And have three amazing receivers, and you know we'll give Zeke all this money. We're probably about to pay Dak Prescott all this money. You know it'll be fine. And then their defense cannot stop anyone. You give up almost fifty points to the Cleveland Browns. Are you kidding me? That is terrible. Every week they've just given up a million points, and like their offense is good. Dak is amazing. He's playing great. And if he wasn't good, I. I shudder to think how badly they would be getting blown out in all these games. Yeah. So this is, this is interesting because I think that it's kind of the problem the chiefs were having two to three years ago, like that last year of Alex Smith, first year of Patrick Mahomes, where it's like they can score points, just cannot stop anything. Absolutely cannot stop. And then they got that turned around. At least, like, their defense will be like, oh, we will stop just the run or just passing, right? Like, and so I think that the only good thing for the Cowboys is that they're just a defense. They're just defense away from being very good. Yeah. And the the scary thing is, I just feel like this was, I mean, they will see what happens with them in the future, but with Dak being on his like last 
uh, year, I guess, of his rookie deal, they're just about to have to start to make some really hard choices with their salary cap. And if he, you know, gets as much money as everyone thinks he will, and he's probably worth it, then it'll be really difficult for them to get some some good defensive help in there. But we'll see. Uh, did you see in this game the Jarvis Landry touchdown pass to Odell Beckham? Oh yes, indeed. Love a good wide receiver touchdown oh. throw. Unfortunately, yeah, and go ahead. Oh, I wanted to say there's that play was very like interesting to me and I loved it and I think and I was and when I was watching it one of the weird things is that Jarvis Landry is left-handed. Mm-hmm. And I genuinely believe that one of the reasons that play worked is because the reverse was able to come back across with a left-handed player throwing the ball. So like most reversals that you see will start to the left and come back to the right so the person can throw on the run to the correct side so being able to Hmm. do it the other direction is actually was actually part of the misdirection too like mentally you don't see it as often as reverses the other way for passes yeah that's a really good point i i'm surprised they didn't mention that when i was watching the game and they started talking they started showing the replay and you know circling guys and stuff like that they there was a defender that was had clear shot at Landry and he just like hesitated and watched him. And I wonder if that's why, like maybe he was waiting to see him like, you know, turn and set to throw right-handed or something because he could tell it was a a fake and he he never did because he could throw with his left hand. So that is a good point. I I think unfortunately that play was foreshadowing of my matchup this week as I lost big time to uh, Wyatt with who had OBJ. But regardless, uh, the Browns looking sneaky at 3-1. and one. Uh, Next up, we had Tom Brady throwing five touchdowns against the Chargers. Old man Tom still got it. Old man Tom, do it, you know, he's he's doing what he does, you know. Just is efficient. Yeah, I just thought it was impressive because I, I did what that game was on uh, the local, you know, Fox or, or whatever channel here. And... I was excited to watch Justin Herbert and still think I think he's doing pretty good. I know they haven't really won games yet, but he looks good. But Brady threw those touchdowns after throwing a pick six. And it's just insane. Like he'll make you forget about stuff like that by <laughs> throwing five touchdowns. Yeah, that dude definitely has like sh- some like short term memory loss control that we can only hope to achieve. Oh, like, yeah. He d- he does not remember. He does not remember things for very long. Yeah, I wish I could do that. Uh, and then my last thing I wanted to point out was my boy Joe Burrow gets his first W. Oh yes. Um, I mean, I was joking, but not joking this weekend. That if I could, I would offer my entire roster for Wyatt Keener's entire roster right now just to have Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, it's going to be scary for years to come. And he even, we've been just talking about his team a lot here already because he had, you know, he has uh, Tom Brady as well to, to cover for either of those guys the next year or two. But man, I know Burrow this week, I mean, he was good. Uh, but a lot of that win, I guess, could also be attributed to, to Joe Mixon. But it's like the Bengals finally realized, oh, we need to make sure we figure out how to get this guy involved so that. Burrow can do stuff and not just get killed every play and make you know the defense respect both the run and the pass and look what happens um, I'm happy for the Bengals I hope that he can string together several wins this season but we'll see what happens 
Yeah, I think you will. All right, let's move into the corporate global games here. Uh, not a lot of close games this week. We, you know, we did have one game, I guess, come down to Monday night. But uh, Spicer, you are now are the lone four and team at the top of the standings. I finally fell uh, down to three and one, so I'm right behind you. Um, you had a pretty modest week against the banged up Marley Magic. What? Uh, how'd you pull out this victory? Well. You know, Chubb Chub getting hurt um, is always a bummer. Like, especially seeing what the Browns running backs ended up doing over the course of that whole day. I mean, Chubb had six carries for over 40 yards. So that dude was that dude was getting geared up <laughs> to just take off all day. Um, so I got lucky there. And then, a, you know, Giovanni Bernard getting played there because with the late start of Joe Mixon, Michael Gallup having another like down day. He, he finally had come back, bounced back last week and then tough day. And then Patrick Mahomes, not really having a, a Patrick Mahomes type of night on Monday. Don't know if it was COVID, but him not hitting Kelsey, I think certainly helped. I think it was less me. I had a not good week. Yeah, but I just kind of got lucky in the matchup, honestly. Yep, that's that's fair. Um, we had, I'm gonna save that one. The popular ballers and what I guess ended up being the closest matchup, maybe what uh, beat the Pit Kings. This was a crucial ma- crucial matchup between two one and two teams, but the ballers came out on top, one sixty nine to one fifty one. Behind an amazing performance from Dak Prescott, fantasy-wise, 38 points from him. He had Cooper Cup, Will Fuller, uh, Austin Hooper finally put together a, a good score game. And then the poor Pitt Kings, just Nick Mullins. We talked about the woes there. Yes. Now, I do want to say, because I've already talked about how I had to eat my words on Joe Mixon, even though I think that might be all the points he scores in fantasy all year still. <laughs> but I would like to point your direction to Calvin Ridley going 0 for 5, Ooh. 0 points. Yeah, that's and I know I, that's That's the Calvin Ridley I was complaining about when traded. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he was the wide receiver one going into this week. Uh, I'm not sure if you knew that or not, but he had scored the most points through three weeks, and then he laid a big old goose egg on Monday nights in what was an absolute must-win game for the Falcons and kind of a mu- must-win for game for the Pit Kings as well. And uh, can't be doing that. Can't be scoring zero. Uh-huh. Not good. Yeah. Right. We also, uh, poor Pit Kings lost Austin Eckler for what seems to be potentially uh, maybe several weeks. So sorry about that, Colton. And then... Uh, sticking with that family, we had the biggest performance of the year in an just mm-hmm. utter, just wow moment here for the God King scoring 210 points, which is a league record so far. Uh, just every single player hit on this team. Uh, truly amazing. Fitzpatrick, Rogers, McKinnon, Gordon, Cooper, all scoring over 22 points there. And then Man, Robert Tanyan, the the random throw into the flex Packers tight end just explodes onto the scene. Yeah, I mean, he just, what are you going to do? Katie's team, again, putting up almost 170 points. I think that her team has put up like that, somewhere between 165 and 175 all every week, all four weeks. 
Yeah, she would have beaten most, let's see, everyone but one or one or two other people this week. I mean, she had had a great score there, uh, but really impressed with the God Kings here. They, uh, The thing, too, I was looking at is they really, I don't know if they got the best manager award on Sleeper. I would imagine that they did because they started pretty much a perfect lineup. Yeah, they did get best manager there. Um, so this this is a ceiling for this team. You can see what they're capable of if everybody's clicking. So congratulations, Brady, on a great week there. And then I'll mention my matchup real quick because it was terrible. I lost by like 40 points to, to Wyatt. Brandon Cooks, zero points. Goodness gracious. I just traded for him. What are, what are we going to do? I don't know. But uh, I do want to say, uh, because you have digs, that, my goodness, how about the Buffalo Bills? It's a, seeming like they're a franchise that wins football games now. Yeah, pretty exciting. I'm, I like mm-hmm. Josh Allen. He's great. I'll talk yeah. about him here in a second. But, yeah, that when I traded Juju for digs, it's not looking as bad now that uh, these guys are clicking. He's Diggs has had an awesome week pretty much every week. So I still like my team just fine. I had a terrible week for Matt Ryan, like I already mentioned. Zero points from Dalvin Cook. And then both my rookie running backs kind of disappointed. Uh, no, uh, no zero fan. points from uh, Brandon Cooks, not Dalvin Cooks. Dalvin Cooks oh, did, yeah. hit, did Dalvin his Cook. part. He- Dalvin Cook is the only reason I had a res- somewhat respectable outing. Um, yes, Brandon Cooks, that extra S on the last name really screwed with him. So good job, Wyatt. Uh, you know, we know about his team. Mahomes, Carson, Odell Beckham, 38 points. Get out of here. C.D. Lamb, goodness gracious. Okay, well, let's finish off here with a big congratulations to Touchdown to Abbey with their first victory on the season. Congrats, Downton. Um, 47 points from Greg Kittle. That'll that'll get it done for you most of the time. Oh you, yes, our our friend George. I think you said Greg. I That's did. Okay, I did say Greg <laughs> because there's uh, a, another popular podcast we won't mention uh, in order not to get sued, but they call him <laughs> Greg Kittle uh, <laughs> on purpose because they say that he looks like a Greg, and uh, <laughs> every time they have him on the podcast, they call him that too. So I do it subconsciously, which is unfortunate. But yeah, George Kittle, goodness gracious. Um, yeah, Flaming Hot Cheetahs, uh, who is trying to tank, had a pretty good week too, but no matchup for for Rob's team here. And even with a couple uh, clunkers in, on the on the team too, the forty seven points really evens it out. So congratulations to Rob Griffith. All right, I think that'll sum us up there pretty quickly. Spicer, we want to do something new here uh since we're through a quarter of the nfl season we wanted to talk about our playoff picture for the first time here in the corporate global dynasty league we have six playoff spots and i have a tool that will show us some playoff odds so i wanted to uh pitch these out to you and see what you think so i'm gonna start at the top and as of now we have four teams with a it says greater than 99% chance to make the playoffs. Can you guess these four teams? There are four teams with a, a nine. Oh, it is Gotham Knights, Winter Faces. Still got to be Matriarchs and Bruce Matthews. You got it. So those four teams, which are, <clears throat> I believe, the top teams in the league right now uh, in the standings too, those are 
it is saying we have over a 99% chance to make the playoffs. So I'd be fine if that works out to be true. And then we have these next two spots here. I think these are going to be, so five and six, uh, we'll call these our wild card spots. I think these are going to be highly contested throughout the rest of the season. Right now, our, our system is projecting that the God Kings will be the fifth seed i think after that big week there they moved up a spot and it's got them at 75 percent making the playoffs and then that sixth spot we have the popular ballers with a 52 percent chance to make the playoffs so mm. spicer i'm putting you on this on the hot seat right now between the popular ballers and the pit kings who just played uh pit kings have a 46 46 chance to make the playoffs who do you think will end up there i think i think that both of them will make it. I think the God Kings are going to be the team hmm. that will, would slip out. I um I don't think that's a bad prediction at all. I think with with the God Kings, I think with Brady's team, if he can just get Devontae Adams healthy at the same time as some of his other receivers, I'd like Amari Cooper and Dak, if they keep playing that way, um, he does have a chance. But on paper, I like the ballers and the pit Kings teams better, but Colton has just had a rough go of it so far starting out one and three, but we'll see. Uh, he could definitely turn it around. I, I, I don't disagree with you there. Now it's got the Marley magic with 12% playoff odds, cheetahs at 10% and touchdown and Abby with 5%. Now, again, these can change really quickly because as of now, all of those teams are just one game out of the playoff standing. So uh, we'll see what happens. And then lastly, it has one team at a 31% of being our champion. Who do you think that is? Probably Winter Faces. The Winter Faces have the fourth uh, mm-hmm. highest championship odds. It is actually the Matriarchs with a 31% okay. chance to take home the, the first ever title. Yes, which we kind of expected. This is sort of what we thought she was gonna. We knew. Every, I think everybody knew she was gonna be very good out the gate. Yep. So no surprises there. I think if she uh, can get some consistent play at running back, and she's made some trades to do so, she could be the favorite, despite her what her record says. So you and I are right there behind her in those odds as well. So just wanted to give a quick playoff picture before we move to my favorite part of the show, which is our awards. And Spicer, I would love for you to start us off. All right. So this week, we have the Sex Up or Shut Up Award first. Now, now this award is going to go to the team that has now set the Corporate Global Dynasty Football scoring record. So he gets another award this weekend in uh, Stuart Maggiano, a.k.a. Brady, the God Kings. For his start of Tanyan. What a play. Um, and one of the reasons that he like he's definitely getting the award this week is because like um he had other options. Like it's it's about the options he had available to him on the bench. So he went with Tanyan over um like some actual players. Sorry, I'm trying to pull it up real quick. The whole, there we go. Okay. So his options that he to play over was 
He had James White coming back. Then he had um, John Brown, who I really like John Brown. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and then Evan Ingram. Like, those are all three, like, definitely, like, could have played in your flex spot. Yeah. But you, but you went with Bob Tanyan. <laughs> Even Marvin Jones, I think. Yeah, I probably would have thrown in there, or maybe Keenan Keenan Cole. But yeah, uh, I, and I, he he did admit a, a little bit of luck there because he ha- he was expecting to start Devonte Adams, who was a very 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 late, as in like day of scratch on Monday. So he just kind of threw in Tanya in there. But yeah, I think he definitely deserves this award. Great pick. All right, I'll start out with my corporate global workman of the week award. And this one this week is definitely a blue collar award. We've already talked about him. My man George Kittle. Let me let me give you the stat line for touchdown Nabby with George Kittle. 15 targets, 15 receptions. Are you kidding me? 185 yards and a touchdown and just throw in a rush of 8 yards there as well. George Kittle single-handedly said, "Hey, touchdown Nabby." I know you started out 0-3. I haven't been here for that. I'm putting you on my back, and I am carrying you across the finish line here to get that first victory. Wow. Yeah, if I if I could imagine drawing like a, a political cartoon of what of what Greg Kittle did this weekend, um, it would be that there was a, a tank driving off a cliff, and it's him with a rope attached to the tank, dragging it, <laughs> like holding it from falling down the cliff and pulling it back onto onto land like that is what he just did yeah my goodness uh rob if you're listening please never trade george kittle just don't do it there's nothing you could get that is worth the satisfaction of seeing that man uh put up 47 points so that's my award uh for him what's your next one so my next one a a famous ongoing segment that you all know as on notice. So we so this week no one got taken off the notice list again. TY brother, get you still are on notice. Kenyon Drake, guess what? You're still on notice. And now I I even had two people I wanted to put on notice this week. Dude, there's some bad players right now, but I've I've I have decided that uh, Hunter, I'm sure you can guess who's about to get put on notice. Oh, yeah, I know who it is. Yes. So let me let me start with. I'm going to keep the story rolling for a second, which is the the player who almost got it was Darius Slayton, hmm. because the problem with Darius is he's he's been targeted at like at least six times every game, but it's normally between like seven and nine times, and he just like cannot find the end zone. It's very short yardage. He cannot catch anything past like 12 yards downfield. It is just frustrating. Um, that entire Giants offense to have any sort of stock in right now. Um, but Brandon Cooks, brother, <laughs> you have been put on notice. I'm like, I'm thankful, yeah. honestly, because I I can't punish him, you know, too much. But you can, and I I'm uh, this is one where if I, you know I call him into the locker room or into into my office, the GM's office, and I'm like. Brandon, I know it's been a rough few weeks, but I mean, look, man, look what the media is saying. They've put you on notice, and uh, you're going to have to turn it around, or else I, I'm probably going to have to keep you on the bench. 
Yeah, bulletin board material. You know what I'm saying? You just got to put Willie's quote right up there. I'm sure that's going to get him get him going, revved up. I hope but so. Bill O'Brien being gone, who knows? He could. I mean, he. That's the one thing is he's only 27. He still has like at least a couple of good years left in him potentially, like productive years. So. You would think Maybe so. Maybe this will be what he needs. <laughs> you would think so. Uh, I can tell you one thing. He's not starting this week. I don't care what kind of injury problems I have. So, uh, I like do it, ending it this way. Brandon Cooks. You have been put on notice. Sorry, I surprised you there, but uh, yeah. Okay, so thank you for doing that. Up next, we have my look into... The multiverse of sports. Oh, yes. Oh, I forgot about the segment. I'm stoked. And I had a... I I was torn. I I wanted to talk about the Titans, for one, because we weren't going to get to talk about them, really, on the field this week. So I had trouble picking between two Titans what-ifs. So I think I'm going to do one this week, and then we'll, we'll do the other one at some point in the season. But Spicer... Did you grow up a Titans fan, like when you were young? Yes, because so I was my my grandparents bought the they were part of the first like PSL season ticket holder purchasers when they were still like the Tennessee Oilers, mm. and they played in Memphis and at like Vanderbilt Stadium, so like a couple games. Uh, so like I grew and so I was six around that time. So that's like the only NFL team I really knew. Perfect. So I I grew up a, a Rams slash Colts fan, uh, mm-hmm. mainly Colts, but I I just liked watching Kurt Warner. I mean, as the rest of America did with that off, high-flying offense. So you can maybe see where I'm going with this one, but we're, we're taking a trip back to 1999. And, you know, that Kevin Dyson play in Super Bowl 34 is burned into the memories of many people in the nation, but especially young Titans fans as... I'm sure I, I just say the word, the name Kevin Dyson and you picture an outstretched arm falling uh, feet or, or, or a foot short of the goal line. So Spicer, my question to you today is, what would your life as a Titans fan be like if Kevin Dyson maybe shook off that defender, reached out his hand, tied up that game, and we'll, we'll go as far to say they, they somehow, you know, maybe they get the kickoff because that Rams offense would have been hard to stop in overtime, but they win that Super Bowl. What does is, what is little six-year-old Spicer do? Okay, so there's a cu- I have a lot of thoughts. First, first thought is, Hunter, have we done this question before, or am I having deja vu? No, we haven't done it yet. I don't think. If we did, then I'm a terrible podcast host. <laughs> I honestly, I'm honestly trying to remember. I'm like, I, I swear I answered this because I think I answered because I knew exactly what I was going to say. So that's why I'm saying like I'm either having Wait, like was an this out the, of body. Did we do this on the first episode? That's what I thought. Man. I thought this was the first episode one. Well, that's a bummer. Uh, I try to keep things Rams or Titans focused. Did I really already repeat a question only f- six weeks in? Okay, you know what? Scrap it. Then I'm going to ask you my next question. Okay, we'll, maybe we'll leave that in the podcast to show our ineptitude. But okay, <laughs> sticking with the Titans. Do you remember, Spicer, when the Titans were thinking about drafting Marcus Mariota? Mm-hmm. That there was a ton of rumors of Chip Kelly potentially, because he was with the Eagles at the time, uh, mm-hmm. potentially trying to trade for that pick and draft Marcus Mariota, who he coached at Oregon. Do you remember this? I do. Okay. Yes. So I actually looked this up to see if any of the 
official offers like were leaked and and they were so the highest offer mm. that the titans got for that pick was two first round picks from the eagles a second round pick any quarterback on their roster and a defensive player any defensive player they wanted so to give you an idea that would have been those three picks sam bradford and fletcher cox now I don't know what it would have been like for the Eagles if this had worked out. I think Mariota maybe would have had a little better luck in that offense, if in Chip Kelly's offense, if they you know put some good skill players around him and run the spread and all that fun stuff. Maybe Chip Kelly doesn't get fired and get out of the NFL. But what on earth does the Titans team look like if this happens? So I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look. Uh, so we drafted uh, Mariota in 2011. Is that right? Like in the 2011-2012 draft. Man, was it that long ago? Yeah, I think you're right. So that is a long time ago. Yeah, that's probably right. Uh, one thing I know might not have happened, or might have happened, is. I know that GM got fired for the Titans. I don't remember his name. Was it like Webster or something? Or is that the right name? But I th- I think we would not have had Vrabel. And so that's an unfortunate side effect of this. But I, I'm just curious. That's a lot of draft capital uh, in a whole different direction. Yeah, that that's so true. I think, I think that that's the other thing I was going to have to say is I have to look up where did the Eagles end up picking in those next, like where those first first and second rounders were, where did they end up? Where would they, where where would we have ended up picking? Yeah, that's that's a good point. I really don't know. Um, yeah, it probably would have been mid because back then the Eagles were kind of stuck in a weird rebuilding. Because if you remember, they eventually ended up getting Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. So they weren't great, and. I mean, we saw what Mariota was, so assuming he was, even if he was a little bit better, they still were, wouldn't have been too great. So the picks probably would have been pretty good. Yeah, so to give you an idea, can I tell you who our options at quarterback and running backs were for that first year that Marcus came? This is just, this is this is good, because it'll give some Titans history about how terrible we were, yeah. like our roster, just even five years ago. So if if Mariota hadn't been there, it would have it was Mettenberger and Alex Tanny. Do you remember Zach Mettenberger from LSU? Oh yeah, dude, that dude is not good. No, he was so like what Marcus Mariota is in terms of like he he was like <laughs> that era of quarterbacks were like from Vince Young to Marcus Mariota, kind of like the Titans put bookends on this. It was like the era where the running quarterback was trying to find like the new style of play where you don't get hurt too much but you still use your legs like what Lamar Jackson and Pat Patrick Mahomes do now. Yeah. But they needed some people, some like forerunners to come before them and they couldn't quite figure it out. Like RG three and, uh, Marcus and even Vince. And so I think like part of it was like, Oh, we watched a lot of film of them and like, don't do this slide or whatever. And so part of me thinks like, man, we just missed out on like the type of quarterback we always wanted. Like, just not quite being there um but we would have been terrible and our running backs were antonio andrews david cobb and bishop sankey oh my goodness bishop sankey is the only name i even remember exactly like 
like our our wide receiver core is Harry Douglas, Dur- uh, Green Beckham, Trey McBride, Andrew Terzilli, Kendall Wright, and Damaris Johnson. That's it. Oh, I remember there was some pretty big hype around Green Beckham. Was he a mm-hmm. high draft pick? I think maybe like second round. Yeah, I remember that. The hyphenated last name is always a, you know, a fun a fun thing to get excited about. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah. What what was? Yeah, he was drafted in the second round. Yeah, that's what I thought. I, I thought he was a higher guy. Um, yeah. So I thought that was an interesting what if. I was just like I said, trying to think about Titans what ifs, and you know, the quarterback one is always a big one for them. Uh, just they've been looking for one for a long time, it seems like. And Tannehill maybe is the answer, I guess. But um, <clears throat> yeah, so sorry for that repeat. I, I'm, I've been trying to think too while we're sitting here. Like, did I really already ask that on this podcast? I don't know. I, I think this is the third week we've done awards. And I thought I did. Patriots win the Super Bowl. Rams stay in St. Louis. And I thought this was the first one, but maybe not. And if it wasn't, then let us know. And maybe we'll talk about Kevin Dyson another time. But, oh, I would love to. Um, sorry for that long diversion, folks. We'll get back to the awards here. Uh, so this one is odd. So my rule with this this multiverse award was find someone on your bench that would have given somebody a winning week. And guess what, folks? There wasn't a single one that week because all of our games were blowouts. So instead, what I did was, this is going to seem like I'm picking on the person, but I'm not. We're just looking in the multiverse. So Ryan Oding has, in with the Marley's Magic, has just had a really, really terrible luck at running back. Uh, he lost Marlon Mack to injury, but also kind of to Jonathan Taylor in the draft. Damian Williams with the Chiefs set out the year uh, for COVID, and they drafted Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And now Nick Chubb is hurt. And so his top three running backs are all injured. So what I did was I went back to our startup draft and looked at if he had just taken the next running back at each of those picks instead of the ones he'd taken. How different would his team be? Listen to this. He could have, over Chubb, Joe Mixon two picks later. Not that crazy to think. They were ranked pretty similarly. Joe Mixon just exploded. This is a big one. Over Marlon Mack, he could have had James Conner or David Montgomery in the Bears. Hasn't been doing great, but Mack may never be anything in the league again, unfortunately. And then over Damian Williams, one pick later, he could have had Mark Ingram, uh, who, like we've talked about, he's not doing amazing, but he's playing. So that's just tough to to think about. And don't don't beat yourself up. Ryan, all of those picks in the draft made perfect sense. It's not like these are bonehead moves here. But Mixon, Montgomery, Mark Ingram could be your your running back core instead of what you have right now. Yeah, and I will say I'm I'm a little bit higher on Mac. I think Mac will get moved to a team where he'll be the one running back if if his injury isn't like career ending type thing. If he can still play, he'll be like the Todd Gurley of next year. Like we're gonna be waiting to see like how does he fit in with a new team? So, man, I hope so. In my other league that I'm rebuilding, I got I was just trying to tank. I traded Brandon Cooks straight up for Marlon Mack for that exact reason, and everyone was like, "Well, Brandon Cooks is still good." And I'm I, look who's laughing now, suckers. So, uh, we'll see if that pays out. But yeah, just uh that's my look into the multiverse. Didn't have much to work with there, but I uh, thought I could at least make make Ryan sad and and stay up late at night thinking about that startup draft. All right, Spicer, I know you've got one more award. Whose pin- Whose cheeks are you pinching? 
Oh, you know, I got a pinch. Young Greg's cheeks. <laughs> Greg Kittle and that... I mean, how can you not want to pinch that? 15 for 15 for 183 yards and a touchdown. I mean, just unbelievable. Is this the first ever player to get two awards in one week? Um, yes, I, I believe so. Wow. Congratulations, George Greg Kittle. Uh, you deserve this one. You earned it, brother. Uh, for for the small amount of work Nick Mullins pull, put in. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Uh, nine points for, for Mullins in fantasy, and, and he got benched, but George was there for him, consistently catching every single pass, literally. Yeah, and I have no idea how many of the ones that Nick Mullins threw were caught by him, but he only had 18 completions. So if uh, imagining <laughs> that they were all to Greg, 15 of his 18 completions they were probably to the tight end. Oh, that just shows he was absolutely terrified to be out there. Just, oh, let me just throw it off to my tight end. <laughs> He's 6'4 and big. Here you go, brother. Yeah. All right. Lastly, we'll finish with Hunter's Hunches. Last week, I chose a Steelers player, and we all know they didn't get to play, so that one was a push. So I'm just going to say I'm 0-1 still and come in this week with another one. So picking a losing team, Colton with the Pit Kings. I've got a, I've got a pick here for you. Spicer's going to hate this one um, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call that somebody is going to, be, is going to come off notice and I think it's time for T.Y. Hilton to figure it out. So, Colton, I know you're frustrated, and I know you're thinking T.Y. Hilton is terrible, but I see that you have had T. Higgins in your starting lineup. Don't do that. I'm just telling you, if you put T.Y. Hilton in there, he's going to outscore Higgins. He might even outscore, uh, oh, what's his face on your bench? Uh, you might be tempted to start um, Robinson. I can't remember who I'm. Who am I thinking of here? Um, terrible podcast here. I don't know. Whatever. I, I wrote down Robinson. So if you're thinking about starting someone with last name Robinson, don't do it. Uh, I think I meant Robbie Anderson. That's why I had a typo. Either way, T.Y. Hilton. He's coming back. Hunter's hunches. Ooh, that was a hot take. That that boy been on notice now for weeks. Yep, and he's, he's gonna figure it out. All right, let's finish up real quick with our AFC South. We don't have the Titans to talk about this week because, of course, they're the ones that got COVID, and I swear if they ruin the league, I'm going to be real ticked. Oh, breaking news. Um, this report that live on the air uh, 15 minutes ago. Update, two more Titans have tested positive this morning. Uh, this is – we are recording this Wednesday morning. That is not good, Spicer. Not good. Uh, well, let's let's just try to stay positive. The Colts took out Nick Foles and proved that the Bears are actually terrible, even though they were three zero, and the Colts are now three and one. Yeah, very weird, especially with the Titans not playing a game to like judge anything because it's like everyone's a like, game ahead already, like a half, like the Titans are a half game behind. Yes, which is so strange it, uh, to have happen already. It is weird, yeah. Not normally seeing like bye weeks this early, but uh, I said that the Colts would would keep winning because they're playing bad teams. So uh, the Browns are not as bad as I thought. So they might lose next week, but be interested to see. It looks like this is going to be a two team race in the AFC South between our Colts and our Titans, because my goodness, the Texans. Yeah, I'm still worried about the Texans. The Texans are a classic example of like I think a new coach 
could turn like they, all the tool that they have all of the tools they need to be successful from like a raw talent standpoint they just got to put the pieces together correctly yeah i guess i didn't think about that you know going into the podcast i kind of forgot o'brien was fired bill o'brien was fired finally so you're right you know they they get jacksonville next week mm-hmm. so perfect time to turn it around and then that titans game is going to be big for the texans because yes. if they can't win that then it, they're going to be fighting a huge uphill battle more than they already are for the afc yeah South. and the and the bills and titans games they always even when the bills were terrible that was always like a game like a marker game where it's like oh the titans always play down to their opponents and lose to the bills but now like the bills are good so i'm i'm kind of interested to see how it plays out if they if they do get to play yeah, so if uh, if the Titans fall to the Bills and and the Texans turn it around against Jacksonville, then the AFC gets the South gets a little bit tighter. So we'll keep our eye on it. Uh, hopefully the Titans do get to play this week. And um, yeah, the Jaguars are still bad. That's your AFC South. That's it. <laughs> All right. Well, folks, I hope you've enjoyed the show today. Thanks for listening as always. Uh, I'm your host, Joe Mixon, and thanks for listening to the Corporate Global Dynasty Podcast. See y'all next week.